Hello, everybody. Welcome to this free episode of TF. It's the free one. That's Milo doing his thing. That's right. It is Riley, Milo, Hussein, Mm. and Nate. Hello. Nate. Yeah. Joining us from hell of a way to die. (laughs) Yeah, I am part of the Trash Future cast, obviously, but but yeah, I'm actually here in my uh, official capacity as another podcaster because there was a DOD slash military related topic, and and Riley said, uh, hey, Nate, I know that normally all you do is get mad at us for talking too loud or too quiet but could you come on and talk about some military mm-hmm. stuff so and then get mad at yourself yeah get furious at myself uh, yeah. yeah uh this, this bitch can't even fucking talk god my sink point is shit he's <laughs> talking about weeb shit um i do yeah. marine todd voice when i'm editing that's that's yeah, how that's i right. get feedback that's true <laughs> we all we all talk to each other in marine todd voice um mm. we got a few things uh, to talk about today few news items uh, as we said something in the in the dod and then we've got our option of two readings if there's time uh, so, choose your own adventure trash yeah. future edition well you the listener don't choose your own adventure we, no you get what you're fucking giving you hogs <laughs> you drink the swill that is poured into your yeah. trough and you'd be glad of it we <laughs> will be choosing the adventure and you will be going on it with yes us. which in, is kind of like a regular book i guess yeah. No, so the the first segment though, I wanted to do a little bit of a little bit of British politics, which we'll be doing again in the future. Which is in the context of having watched a um, a clip from the World Economic Forum in Davos, uh, where some British um, sort of like senior British journalist uh, was discussing the country as now having quote unquote gone through its populist moment. That's now finished and over. Oh, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And that the election. Uh, that's coming up will be far less consequential because both of the parties are relatively business friendly. Now, ignoring the, um, you know, the, let's say, uh, strong whiff of populism as these people understand it around sort of, you know, the um, uh, Rwanda bill now passing the commons and going to the yeah, lords. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. drowning asylum seekers isn't populism. That's just sensible. Yeah. And again, with the concept of the will of the people being sternly invoked by uh, Rishi Sunak, again, very amusing that this the guy who was who was enforced on the on the on the country through basically a coronation by um, by the people for whom Britain's most adult home counties racist. That was not a limited enough electorate. Guys, I know I'm not your real dad, but we can be friends. I can look after you. Look, when your mum's away, we can go bowling. We could go drown the asylum seekers together. Wouldn't that be fun? Just like old times. Yeah, so the, in, in this environment, there were a few things yeah. I'd, I'd noticed um, that were just on the the collapsing Britain chronicles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Chronicles of ridiculous. Yeah, the the first of which is that Royal Mail. Remember Royal Mail? Mm. Oh, I, oh, I yeah. know a lot about yeah. Royal Mail. Ooh. <laughs> oh my god, oh we do. We we mm. send a lot of t shirts. Yeah. We do. I, I, I have to interrupt really quickly with Royal Mail. If it's okay, Riley, to tell my quick yeah, Royal Mail it. side. Please. I bought some stuff mm. from a guy and he was normally it, nothing was different than the previous way of shipping his audio equipment, but somehow Royal Mail decided it was undeliverable and because his return address was his or incorporation address and not his home address, it there was a strong risk it wasn't gonna come back. It was it wasn't going to be returned to sender. And I was like, but this is ridiculous. You delivered stuff from him same way a week ago. No problem. Why is it undeliverable? What's going on? And they're like, well, sorry, it's illegal for us to intervene now that it's been called undeliverable. It's going to our national undeliverable office in Belfast and you can figure out a way to get it from there. And I was just like- The national unmentionable office. So, so what you're saying is that it, it, if you can't, it, if it's deemed undeliverable without a delivery attempt, it has to go to your black site across the Irish Sea on a boat. <laughs> yeah, it, it has to go out of Royal Mail's like legal jurisdiction to uh, to Egypt, where they will be interrogating it. Listen, Soap, we're going into the Royal Mail undeliverable black site. <laughs> yeah, that was the point. Is that it feels like every British institution I encounter has a black site, like an illegal detention site somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Veolia has the bin man black site, where like if mm. if you've overfilled your bins one too many yeah, times, yeah. that's yeah, the only you, place you, you get can black bagged and take it to <laughs> bin man black site, <laughs> <laughs> tipped into a wheelie bin upside down. <laughs> uh, so Royal Mail. You should have sorted your fucking recycling. Which, by the way, we um was yeah. Royal Mail, which was privatized. 
Yeah, it uh, was. Right. At a huge discount. Yeah. Which was basically, again, that, that's good business, by the way. It's mm. it, run, any good business. If you want to run the country like a business, yeah. you take your infrastructure, your back office and your stuff yeah, yeah, that yeah. works. And you, you fire sell it. <laughs> pennies on the dollar, then rent it back. Yeah. And also, here's a really clever thing they did. So they got Goldman Sachs to manage the sale of the IPO sort of thing of Royal Mail. And then uh, who bought a huge amount of Royal Mail stock at a 50% discount? Look, who can say? <laughs> uh, and it's all legal. Anyway, yeah. Royal Mail's going to need a taxpayer bailout. Oh, so, good. Yeah. Oh. So, but it's, it was going so well. Is it is the black site too expensive to run? <laughs> yeah, they're all of the money that they get from like reselling gray market audio equipment that's meant for us specifically. It no longer apparently is able to support. It's a good example of another great institute, great British institution that went work and got work. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they went woke by deciding to give jobs to woke boat drivers, boat like boating crews to ferry all the undeliverable post across the Irish Sea for some reason. So, so, right, it will require a bailout because it is no longer profitable for it to maintain its minimum service levels after um, a huge amount of cost cutting that has now happened for years to deliver dividends to investors. Oh, Shocking. great. Cra- yeah. Crazy. Oh, yeah. One of the interesting things that I noticed just because of dealing with Royal Mail stuff with shipping parcels recently is that they now charge you extra to drop off a parcel that you've metered yourself, Uh, which to me is like, okay, the US Postal Service has its foibles, let's be real, but it's still a nationalized, it's one of the rare national things that's not privatized in America. But to me, I was like, but surely it costs more to have the postie fucking pick your shit up and take it. I don't know why, but now they charge you, I want to say like an extra pound to take stuff if you've, if you've pre-metered it yourself. And it's just sort of like, I, so I've noticed these weird little things happening with it, but it's just like, once again, it was privatized, what, in like 2010, 2012, 2013. 2013. Okay, yeah. so yeah, like basically a, a little more than a decade ago, and we're already in, oh no, we got a bit bailed yeah. out territory. Well, it's that basically what, ha- so the way it works for, for Americans listening is that Royal Mail is a private company. It's owned by like, it's owned by some international group called like International Delivery Services or something like this. Right? Well, it's publicly traded, right? Yeah, it's a publicly it's a publicly traded company that's majority owned by sort of by by a conglomerate that does this kind of thing. And it but it it, be, it has legal specific legal obligations to like deliver mail a certain number of days a week. And, you know, the and basically it's it is saying like either we have to make the service worse or we have to significantly mm. raise prices, which we've already done. by Yeah. The way. And that's not even to say, right, how much uh, Royal Mail is used by, like, essentially by Amazon to kind of free ride. It's the post. You have to have it. It's yeah. like, it, it's so no, insane. Don't. It's like it's like saying that, like, I don't know, like, like the, the police has ceased to be a profitable enterprise or like the, I don't know, the army has ceased to be profitable. The NHS has ceased to be profitable. Well, it's we, like- we said that with water. Essentially, we oh, say yeah. that with power in certain parts of the country. We say that with like phone service in certain parts of the country. Like it's not supposed to make money. It's supposed to do a thing. I would also point out like this is a thing that you see in places in America. Like I know uh, friends who live in Oklahoma have experienced this, that there are like red states in America that have cut budgets in the sort of like Grover Norquist style Republican insane doctrinaire way. And now public school, state school only meets four days a week because they literally can't afford to have kids in school every weekday. Um, oh, good. And it's the four-day work week. I, yeah, that's right. They've yeah. gone woke. Yeah, exactly. They, <laughs> they adopted the Preston model in fucking Lawton, Oklahoma. So I, in a way, it's like I could foresee that sort of thing happening where it's just, yeah, more mm. slow degradation, more more reduction in capacity. But yeah. but as you said earlier, Riley, like it's it's the same thing because I'm, I'm experiencing the sharp end of Thames water and mm. the, they apparently build sewer pipes out of fucking candy glass hence yeah. the one that collapsed you don't want house. to end up at the thames water black site my friend <laughs> i was gonna say <laughs> yeah. isn't that just yeah. becton yeah they <laughs> they can fucking waterboard you <laughs> the a13 becton turnoff well you don't want to smell like that but thames water is another example of this you know that that it's like oh no uh, they do make money they just dump it all into shareholder dividends and no reinvestment in capacity whatsoever mm-hmm. and so it's like yeah well cool yeah, right. what they're dumping into Sick. the ocean yeah. So, but hey, you know what? We're all going to get a chance to invest without the burden of ownership when, yeah, <laughs> when right. we get a government bailout. A, a friend of mine, when they when they privatized Royal Mail, uh, and this is possibly the most Cambridge University story of all time, was pissed drunk and realized that the shares were going on sale at midnight. And he bought like he spent his entire <laughs> student loan on Royal Mail shares because he was like eight pints deep. And then woke up in the morning and re- and remembered what he'd done and was like, oh fuck, oh shit. And then opened the like the share account and realized that he just doubled his money overnight and was like, oh, not so bad after all, actually. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah. Well. <laughs> 
hey, you know maybe what? this was a huge scam. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, and, and, but the the other sort of um, piece of like, and again, put this in the context, right, of this sort of um, Davos assuredness that Britain is now through its populist moment. You know, populism, again, as these people understand it. Which is that, hey, by the way, the services are still going to get worse. We're not funding it. In fact, we're going to have more bailouts. But the idea that, like, there is no longer a kind of channel through electoral politics, just talking about parliament only, for those things to go into, means that it's now safe to do this again, which I think is ludicrously stupid. Well, another way to look at it is that for them, it's there's not the threat sort of been neutralized. The idea that like the populist moment is over is more that like the outside there's no sort of material outside force that disrupts the kind of political system that exists. Partly because the parties in who are sort of in contention for government are just very willing to adapt and adopt the populist policies anyway, mm. right? So like only if they're pushing rightward though. They're not entirely incorrect. I think it's just like well, look, populism is when you solve the problems and pragmatism is when you don't solve them, <laughs> but in like a sensible way. I would also say that it feels like they will adopt them in, either in, 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 in letter or in spirit so long as they are right wing ones. But there are also positions, political movements, you know, uh, policies that are supported by significant majorities in this country that they will i mean renationalization is a great example that they're like no sorry we won't do that we won't be we don't care if you want it the one time you wanted something was brexit and that's the will of people the rest you can fuck off and it's like excel i mean americans maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah. The XL bullies are being sent to sort post at the Royal Mail Black site. That's the new. <laughs> if you don't pick up your post, they're going to feed it to a dog called Hitler's Revenge. <laughs> I was gonna say, that kind of implies that they're taking all the XL bullies from England and putting them on boats across the Irish Sea like a fucking Spanish armada, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is like toxic fart that's clouds. That's going to be the border between it. Northern and Southern I was, Ireland. I was going to say, that's why, that's why actually in 200 years, there are going to be so many like irish and scottish people who have dog it's like why i have black hair yeah. you know anyway what your ancestors <laughs> fucked the dog <laughs> no, so, um, no no i think it's the opposite i think scottish toddlers are going to become immune to xl bullies they're going to become the strongest like it's going to be like the rats in a barrel thing like the scottish are going to build the strongest toddlers of all time so, uh, and they're going to become a menace the, the, the next thing i want to talk about of course rachel reeves also at davos and in the next bonus episode we're going to be I'm talking. sure that was an electrifying speech that everyone was really excited <laughs> Jesus to Christ. We're going to be yeah. talking a lot about some of the AI madness at Davos, but uh, this is a little taster of Davos. As someone who's been concussed numerous times, I was going to say representation is so important <laughs> when I see labor politicians give speeches. So Rachel Reeves has said that this is this this floored me when I saw it. Do you do you know what, what podcaster floored yeah. by Rachel Reeves speech. <laughs> ordering in perfect English? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Orders in perfect Swiss at Davos. Yeah. Yeah. So live Davos reaction. Uh, so, white woman shot so, Swiss. So here's. I mean, I, I was astonished to see this. But remember, what would you we say is the single most successful showpiece conservative policy of the last fourteen years in terms of maximizing the stability of the government that's enacting it? Would we have said maybe it's Liz Truss's cut on the top or, or on top rate taxpayers? Uh, is that is that what Rachel Reeves is suggesting that yep. it is? No, that's what she wants to do. Oh, in because ter in terms of actually cementing Tory power, you've got to say like doing Brexit. But that has actually been yeah. incredibly toxic to individual Tory administrations. Yeah. But in terms of keeping the Tories in power in general, uh -huh. great move. Well, I yeah. mean, they they kind of cracked the whip on their own mm. parliamentary party to get rid of any MPs yeah. who would but, have dissented. Yeah. No, it is Rachel Reeves has looked at the last 14 years of Tory government and has said, it looked at Liz Truss and has said, we need to give this another go. We're going to give Trussonomics another go. What the fuck? We're going to cut taxes. She said... Ms. Reeves vowed to ensure that, quote, success is celebrated under a Labour government as she outlined ambitions to ease the burden of Rishi Sunak's multi-year tax raid on workers and hinted that tax cuts for top earners are on the agenda as she attempts to recast Labour as the party Fuck. of economic growth. Like why? Like, I mean, look, it, 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 I, I do think there's there's too much dumb focus on like what you're doing with tax of people who essentially earn like sort of like upper middle class incomes when there's like huge amounts of tax at the top that you could be going after which is huge amounts of money and is so popular because everyone hates those guys but like why why would you be talking about a tax cut for people on 150 grand a year like why 
Well, because she wants to, this is again, a quote. She wants to focus on all working people, and that includes those paying the highest 45p rate, which is like 2% of the country. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So what, yeah, I was going to say, because people forget how the median income is is quite low here. And I mean, you could have made the argument a little while ago that cost of living was also a lot lower, so it didn't matter as much. But now that's not the case at all. Um, What's interesting to me about that, I mean, okay, isn't there, is it 150 or 120? is the the new threshold for the higher rate of tax. And she, but, and, and that includes, and you know what, according to Rachel And there's Reeves, also the phase out of yeah. the individual allowance too. Yes. So there is like, there's definitely a thing where people, if you got, like you said, got above a certain, like into the 150-ish range, they might find themselves earning less once they had, or earning the same when they got a raise. But at the same time, it's like, as you said previously, that's such a small number of people. So like, who are you trying to placate with this when... It's like, okay, we're aspirational Britain aside, yes, but like you can look at the math and be like, hmm, well, uh, it does kind of look like only two in a hundred Britons earn it this is much. A, so, it is a knee-jerk, reactive thing. It is quite literally a, a kind of instinctual reaction when asked a question to just answer in that way. To say things that are essentially distinguishing you from someone who is not dangerous to give the sense to the people at Davos that Britain is safe basically. And the the idea there, right, the, the fundamental principle is that Britain is now safe. It's safe for Davos. It will never be, there's never going to be anything that happens here that makes the Davos people either um, uncomfortable because, you know, all the Davos people tend to be quite good liberals, quote unquote, right? But also there's not going to be anything that makes them poorer for coming to Britain. So you should, you should trust us. But it's the, the complacency, again, as services wither and die that at the same time the same conversations are being had to woo people to bring in the same shrinking amounts of money to come to come here and the imagination is there will never be a political reaction against that ever never that will i would also say too that is it something that i feel like as an american I, i pick up a lot here is that america obviously is you know there's a horrible cross of living problem and there's a lot of like really serious just like quality of life issues but in many ways you can buy your way out of the collapsing state and the collapsing infrastructure in the united states in the sense that because of a variety of things to include how taxes work there um you can live in a community with great roads and great schools and all this shit even in a state city state county country where many people live in in abject misery but in in this country in the united kingdom it feels like they're gambling on the idea that no every single person who lives here is going to be subject to this increasing ever increasing shitness and that's never going to blow back there's a pothole on downing street i fucking guarantee it like there's no you cannot escape how shit this country like you can't like 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 it doesn't matter if you live in a postcode where the median income is a half million pounds a year like if you call an ambulance it's going to take a fucking hour like you know if you go to a and e it's going to take forever if you you know your sewer might collapse I don't own my home, but like there are people who live on our street, like have been dealing with Thames water subcontractor shit suck trucks that are getting paid easily a thousand pounds a visit, not their workers, but the contractor billing Thames water to suck sewage basically from their manholes in the back garden and up through a hose through their house, smelling the place up multiple times a week. And like you can't escape that. And so that's the thing that's so interesting to me about this is that like when you think about the numbers of people who are experiencing like the life conditions getting worse here and they're like oh no 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 we we need to focus to make sure that this tiny tiny subset of the ideologically they feel comfortable it's like right but they're they're probably not british and like if they are going to come here it's just to buy a 18th home to do fucking money laundering mm. in or they're going to buy a piece of the post office because they know that it, a royal mail because they know that it's going to that the free money tap's going to get turned on i'm it's going a much to sim- go and live in the royal mail black site <laughs> <laughs> so anyway that was- i have always had a fascination with belfast <laughs> so anyway that's that's all the britain that i sort of have the time or stomach for um i want to talk to uh the new and improved chat gpt that has decided to delete the part of its terms of service that says it will not ever be used for any kind of military application. Oh, okay, that's cool. Just removing that, just yes. taking that so out. This was this was uh, written up in the Intercept, mm-hmm. um, and it's this is this is from the Intercept. It says OpenAI this week quietly deleted language expressly prohibiting the use of its technology for military purposes from its usage policy up until January tenth. Its policy included a ban on activity that might has a high risk of physical harm, including specifically weapons development and military and warfare. 
And uh, now what they have done is two things. Number one, they've deleted that policy. Number two, they're now working with the Depart- U.S. Department of Defense next day. And they said, no, 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 don't worry. Ah, don't worry. We're not developing some kind of an autonomous killer drone. No way. Chat GPT drone would be hilariously ineffectual, though. What I want, though, is Chat GPT drill sergeant. Like, listen up, Mag. As, <laughs> as a large language model, I cannot tell you that you do push ups like you eating pussy, but <laughs> that is, in fact, what you're doing. How on fucking earth? <sighs> Milo has remembered one of my stories yet again where I there was this insane sergeant major <laughs> hazing these lieutenants that were about to go to ranger school and he was just like, man, what the fuck kind of push-up is that? You look like you don't even use those muscles when you fucking. You can't even do that right. And he's that that's just lodged in his brain. It's gonna replace an important childhood memory. <laughs> well, that now we've automated him. Mm. Um I, so one of the things that I saw reading the article that you that you linked to Riley was them talking about using this specifically to to parse information for stuff like uh, translating source materials, analysis, things of that nature. But like, if my you know brief phrase with fucking around with ChatGPT are any indication, like the degree to which it just wholesale fabricates stuff when it doesn't have the answer, or it tries but it's so off. It, to me, I think about this like. I don't know if this is, it's sinister, but also it kind of, to me, seems like an opportunity for them to waste more money on a thing that like just will not work. And you and I, all of us know the thing that brought me on the show as a guest and then, you know, eventually led to me becoming a a, a co-host and the producer was other military technology that I'd seen in real life that fundamentally did not work, but that they had dumped a ton of money into procuring. So I'm interested in like how they foresee this because... On one hand, there is like, you know, reams and reams of stuff that has to get processed when they would, for example, do like intelligence collection, uh, at least. And then that's, you know, I only saw it at a relatively small, like low level, but you imagine that much higher levels, tons more stuff. But this thing kind of, I don't know, like I, I, my my story about using it and asking it to, to cite, cite books uh, about a historical figure and it just made up all of the titles. Like I'm interested in how this would be envisioned to work because clearly as like a as a as a, a th- like a weapon system like a like a like a, a drone a UAV something like that. no that's I just I I cannot foresee that doing anything besides just being a disaster but I could foresee them using this for a system and passing that kind of muster until it got to the end user and then it's still a disaster but then it's in deploy you know, like it's it's in use we've used this bug to intercept audio of iranian military training we've had it translated by chat gpt and then it's just like you're doing push-ups like you're fucking and you don't even do that right <laughs> <laughs> so um well you may say that nate however i have a, a quote from a deputy defense secretary here saying that ai is part of a comprehensive warfighter centric approach <laughs> yeah they're fighting the war fight. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, uh, fight warring centric approach to innovation. Yeah. yeah, we're in the fight war with the war fighter. <laughs> yeah. That, secre- that uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and I have been driving from day one. I'm, I'm concerned that it might have given uh, Lloyd Austin some kind of terrible condition. I was going to say, Lloyd Austin is actually AI now yeah. because his corporeal form is currently in a hospital. Stone cold yeah. Lloyd Austin. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, because he's dead and they pretend that's not true. <laughs> yeah. uh, so... <laughs> So, right, the um, out cold Lloyd Austin. They say, they say there are lot, there's a lot of good there in terms of how we can use large language models to disrupt critical functions across the department. And again, I think the the idea that OpenAI seems to have, right, and th- that is that their showpiece. And I mean, this is such a stupid guy showpiece um, thing to have. Is like, oh, we're going to use AI not for fight warring or war fighting. We're going to use AI to prevent veteran suicide. Uh huh. Okay, we're gonna build a computer from her. Yeah, yeah. But it's gonna be like, don't worry, those are just fireworks. Yeah. Prevent <laughs> <laughs> veteran. So something that I think never gets mentioned, um, unless it's you really dig into the weeds of, of of analysis on this, is that when that number that would get cited often of um twenty one veterans commit suicide a day. Um, the overwhelming majority of those veterans committing suicide are in the same demographic that is also the most predisposed to suicide in America, and that is uh, white men over the age of 55. So there is, don't get me wrong, if you look at the sort of like tranches across age, uh, economic status, demographics, like yes, veteran, vet, being a veteran puts you at a higher risk for suicide in every age bracket. But if you were to look at that 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 averaged out 21 a day 
the overwhelming majority of those would be people who would also be at risk for suicide, even if they weren't veterans, just in terms of sheer numbers. And so I am kind of curious because a lot of times that overlaps with deaths of despair. A lot of times that overlaps with social isolation. And on this show, we have seen you know, doodad knickknack sort of AI solutions to things that are just like, oh, what if a, what if your your boss made you talk to an AI to help you not be depressed at work? I kind of wonder if that's if this, they've just bought the same marketing that's line. That's almost certainly exactly what's happened because again, it is what we've done right is we've we have the Prince Harry mental health talk to your chaps approach to mental health, which basically says that well, like he's the mental health veteran. That what basically says that mental health issues are the product of sort of bad thoughts that just have to be countered by someone else by someone talking to you with a kind of end in mind some blokes have gone mental (laughs) we need to bring those blokes back to health because honestly the number of blokes from the military who've gone mental is mental (laughs) and we need to we're going to bring in open ai it's going to talk to those blokes. It's going to check in on those chaps. It, it never sleeps. It never eats. It never mm-hmm. rests. It just is constantly checking in on blokes. That's right. Yeah, but, and yeah. that, but again, not, it's- a, not in a gay way, although that's fine if, <laughs> if it were to do that. It, I don't think it's capable of having a sexuality, being as it is a, a computer. Uh, as a large language model. Yeah. Um, now, again, the. Um, <laughs> as a very big boy language model. <laughs> as, a, <laughs> as a bear language model. Um, <laughs> Our now, area is open AI. Yeah. So this is. This is like one thing, right? And this is the marketing, right? Which is the, no, we're not making, we're not sort of creating, uh, let's say, automated uh, weaponry. What we're doing is preventing veteran suicide and also exploring ways to synthesize intelligence. But the problem is, when you actually know how AI is used to synthesize intelligence in, in war, and I've done some looking into this as well, what it actually it does is it is the AI system becomes almost inseparable, for example, from the artillery system. So if you oh. have a drone, if you have drone spotted artillery, right, what will happen is, okay, let's say you're an artillery crew, you have drone spotting, right? You have a certain number of times you can fire before you have to move. Right, right? yeah. And, and so what the, what the, it, to guide that with AI, what you're essentially doing is, having the calculation of where you're go of your of shot correction that kind of happens in in between the drone and the artillery crew and and the and the gun itself will automatically correct right i would be horrified at the idea that the gun would automatically correct just because of i mean just thinking about real life applications but so what you're basically saying is is this envision sort of uh, a drone that kind of functions as a spotter yeah, the, and that is able to tell them yeah okay like it like what you call an observer yeah Having done my, because this is like the thing that I'm most worried having, about. Having, having secretly been in the military in Canada and done some, some ops, done <laughs> some black ops shit. Having you know? spent a lot yeah. of time in the Donbass with my uh, with my wolf name. <laughs> the gun's correcting itself. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're having a rip. Yeah. <laughs> so, in any case, how, but then you say, oh, well, no, that's not an odd, that, no, that's not part of the weapon. That's part of the spotting. But if the spotting is so integrated into the weapon, then you're saying, oh, we're just doing intelligence synthesis when what you're really doing is, in effect, you're, you've more or less automated a gun. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm thinking about this kind of a thing. At the end of it, like, you're going to have to... You, number one, I think, like, the, the kind of skeptic thing, not saying it's not happening, but rather looking at that application, like, that also introduces another point of failure into it. Also, let's be real. Like, if if this becomes integral and this kind of specific example, then like the the obvious solution is well, they fucking shoot the goddamn drone down and then make these motherfuckers do math because they're not they don't normally don't have to do that. Um, I love it. It's, it's the the teacher is like, you can't use a drone on the test because what yeah, if you it, don't uh, have a drone? We have got excellent plan. We are going to force Americans to do math. They have only been to school three days a week, and it was paid for by Wendy's. Mostly, they were calculating number of burger nators you could fit in child. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining. I'm just imagining this idea is like, oh no, like, well, but if you've automated the gun, does that mean that like there isn't the capacity for a, like a crewman to come up and pull the lanyard and fire? Mm. And so basically, it's like, oh no, the Wi-Fi got severed between the drone and the automated gun. It's like I realize that is also known as how the Israeli military did its border wall, but mm. I don't think it's a very good idea. And this kind of implies because I mean, in, in thinking in my mind's eye of like how an automated thing would work th- to be able to. <laughs> 
fire at, at the howitzer and then reload another one is going to be bigger than an autoloader in a tank. So it's I'll, huge. I'll tell you Sergei this. Nikolaevich, very good news for you is the American artillery gun has gone Volk, uh, which means it will not fire on us if we black up, which fortunately we already have just for fun. <laughs> so, well, I'll I mean, like, I, I realize this stuff might exist and I might be just kind of spitballing and it, it, I could be very wrong here, but I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, to me, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, after having used like radio systems that f- there's like oh it's super secure tactical it is like and it doesn't work and we're literally texting because it's the only way we can fucking communicate like this sounds like a disaster mm. this sounds like a fucking nightmare i mean integrated as a as a as a a thing that you know that gives you an, an additional capacity fine but like the idea of having it all be kind of one thing that oh, has to work so together that's the funny thing the thing that makes it not an automated weapon system is that a guy still has to pull the lanyard and it <laughs> because otherwise open i would be building automated weapon systems which it does not want to do yeah you don't want to do yeah. that no. and again yeah, you it's, do it's that. not necessarily even open ai themselves that's doing this kind of activity but there are other similar ai companies that are offering this service largely to the ukrainian military Oh, good. Yeah. Dialing in the artillery in the Gibbo group chat is a very mm-hmm. funny idea. Yeah. Just being like fire for effect and everyone's replying with like the penis picture. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know that that's a thing that happens in, in troop group chats yeah. already. Mm-hmm. Fire for effect and everyone drops a dick. <laughs> it's just like that's been done. Like that hypothetical example, like someone listening is just like, oh, yeah, that was that yeah. was us last week. It was a laugh. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, splash coming in three, so, two, one. This splash over splash just out. pictures of loads. So this, fuck, <laughs> I did <it>. Goon out. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, so this is the. But if you want to think about like what this represents, right? It to, to me it represents it. It represents the ongoing. The ongoing hollowing out now of the parts of the state that we don't like. Yeah, artillery crews, the backbone of the fucking state. Yeah, exactly. Fuck those guys. <laughs> yeah, but the, the the whole idea, and again, I was, when I was watching, um, I was watching all the speeches at uh, sort of panel events at Davos. One of the um, other uh, sort of panelists was this guy Mike Rounds, who's a, a Republican senator from South Dakota, who was again saying like, Mike "Yeah, Rounds, we're, the inventor we're, of the bullet." We're very excited to sort of introduce AI throughout the. American healthcare system like the whole promise now and this is happening both in in the UK and the US is just everything inconvenient every inconvenient person you have to deal with whether that's in a part of the state that helps you or a part of the state that blows people up um, is just getting hollowed out it's a sort of I always sort of see a kind of the incorporation of AI into things as a kind of throwing up of the hands and saying well I guess we'll just sort of pray to the machine spirit about it. But you've made this point before, Riley, and I think it's a really good one, which is that it doesn't have to be as good as a, a human. It just has to, for the sort of deciders and, 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 and sort of big power brokers. It just has to be passably not shit enough to allow everyone to kind of kayfabe, suspend disbelief. Mm. And then it becomes the thing that decides. Yeah. And, you know, it's like... <laughs> I, I, I've encountered this, I don't want to list off the various indignities, but I've encountered this so many times lately with things where automated systems fail and like this massively complicates a process that wouldn't be complicated if it just could be, if, if, if a human was the first. Oh yeah. If you've ever dealt mm-hmm. with every parcel delivery, you will mm-hmm. know this pain where <laughs> there is not a single person you can speak to. All you can do is email their CEO. Mm. And, and that's, the, uh, that's, the, that's the dream, right? That's yeah. the, that is the dream represented by AI, which is that the only person is the CEO and he, is a, he or she is able to just exercise their will. Yeah. Via a series of well, talking We're computers. finally going to make CEOs earn the fucking, like, you know, 10 million pounds a year that they earn by responding to 15 million emails every day with people yeah. going, where the fuck is my parcel cut? Before we, before we move on, though, the other thing I, I do want to sort of go back to is for things, there are I, I never like to say AI is always bad for every. There are some things that it's effective at. Spotting artillery seems pretty effective. However, the pro- the concept of sidling into creating what is essentially an automated field gun is I I would consider to be very very worrying. I mean, I would say like thinking back on on, on experience with stuff like this, that if you had something that could, for example, take out the the, the initial confusion factor. Or even just having something that you didn't require a person to be piloting it all the time, because that that's the thing with the kind of people talk about drones in the military, but 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 it, it, this may have changed, but I doubt it, just because you think of the size of these things. Typically, 
when you have what they call UAVs on un- un- unmanned aerial vehicles, they're either very, very large and they're like basically small, small planes being piloted remotely from fucking Nevada and they're, you know, they're huge or they are like way beefed up and way more expensive toys that are being used at the lower level where someone has to be trained up to pilot it and is constantly piloting it. And like, for example, I remember the ones we use were susceptible to like really susceptible to radio interference, for example. It's where you just get the most autistic guy in your unit and you give him an iPad and then you're like, figure it out, brother. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, what I would say is basically like, yeah, if you have a thing that then it it can, can competently function without having to be at someone's job, you could see how that would be useful, but I am I'm very weirded out just because like I don't know having encountered this so many times with with stuff both in in the military and then also later as this, as this stuff proliferates in the civilian world where it's like it's shit and it it causes more problems than it solves and solving the problems it causes becomes a bigger job for more people than that original job that was just a guy's job. Oh yeah, no, we're like th- I know the future of jobs everywhere, which is just kind of it's it, it, yours only going to be one skill and this isn't just for the, mm-hmm. the, the places we're talking about this is going to be for everything which is how well can you get the thing to to spit out what you needed to spit out with the fewest number of corrections that will be required we're going back to a to basically a medieval church but where where instead of asking God to produce sort of coordinates or respond to complaint emails, I think emails. the top rate of tithes is too high. Feels though, if I were just like the, the 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 lowly backbone of society, the individual artillery crewman, I would be very uncomfortable pulling the lanyard on a on a howitzer and firing around that was completely targeted by the computer. Because as Milo said, I mean, like if if all of this has been brought to you by Wendy's, how do you know that that drone hasn't just been programmed to spot? I don't know, a Dairy Queen that's for some reason in a combat zone and obliterate that shit. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, there's, Try there's turning the over conditions. the blizzard now, asshole. My or <laughs> yeah. my Sobolesnovania, they have destroyed our Dairy Queen. <laughs> there will be no ice cream cups for the men today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We didn't realize that Dave Thomas would somehow ru- mm. rule supreme, that, uh, yeah, Wendy- Wendy's would simply exert its will in a way that, that like like, weirdly <laughs> lit pre Gaussian, like pointing and looking directly into the camera, yelling about the Ukrainian Nazis destroying the beautiful Dairy Queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, I want to move on. I want to move on to a new city that is being Ooh. built. It's not Neom. Oh, it's a new, there's a new, it's always Neom. new cities being built. Yeah. Um, that's right. It is a. It's a. This is a city within a city. Actually, oh. imagine a city within a city. Yes, imagine yeah. a city. It's really. It's sad because when you first introduce these, it's always like, oh, this is like like some you know Jorge Borges, Italo Calvino shit, and then it just winds up to suck. Mm. Like it's always just annoying and bad. It's always like, yeah. what if you lived in the airport lounge inside the line? We're building the stick. It's the vertical city. It's okay. one mile high. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm too excited about this. There is the tenth Neom region was was announced, but I'm I'm planning on talking about it on the bonus episode. Milo, it basically is the stick. Okay, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they no, it's it's the line, but into the ground, like one thousand sub basements. You've conquered the world of business. You have, you know, infinity money. <laughs> you know, we've, we've created the, 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 the most luxurious destination for, you know, influencers around the world. And it's like, you get to live in hell. Yeah. We dug the Isn't world's deepest really cavern. down there? We'll, we'll cover okay. it on the bonus yeah. episode. <laughs> all right. Don't worry. We are going to talk about... The- Neom, all I'll say is this. to the fucking Patreon. All I will say is this. I was kind of like on the fence, and I'm going to say it again on the bonus mm. episode. I was on the fence about whether Neon was back. Yeah, right. We were on the line. I was. Uh, I was like, they haven't thought about something as cool as the line in a while. They thought, and then they were like coming back with like their new food city and their yeah. like the, and their stage for like robot violinists and stuff. I was like, all right, this is coming back. And mm. now with their new aquarium, I think it's called the stick. They're fucking back. They're cooking again. This is like oh, okay, yeah. when someone posts like a like a video capture of like you've given up on role playing games decades ago, but they're talking about like Final Fantasy twenty nine or something like <laughs> yeah. that. And it's just like this is the kind of stuff that gets mentioned. Yeah. This, yeah. It's so back. And I'm uh, so excited awesome. to talk about it. All, all we need is a badly CGI'd video of Michael Owen giving you a tour of it and we're <laughs> but, ready. No, this is a different city. This is remember Prospera. 
Oh, the fucking the one in like Panama. The one, no, the one in Honduras. 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 Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rotan. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Prospera has decided that it is not sufficient. It is its sovereignty is not sufficiently fragmented and has started a new sub city within it. Oh. A pop up city has started within Prospera. Okay. All right. Um, called Vitalia. 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 Everyone is called Vitalia. <laughs> <laughs> so the invitation is to come and build the city of life. Uh, is okay. it a city where you fuck? Is it like, is it someone saw that well, a scene? City where you fuck? In, is it that just most cities? Well, well, they saw the scene in that second Matrix film. He doesn't film know. What's the, where what's they the all city like where you that don't sex fuck? And that city is mm. actually down like- Oh, Z- Zion in the Matrix. That's it, yeah. yeah. They, saw, they saw that and they were like, what if you had a city- but for sex, uh-huh. sex, sexual city. What if you had <laughs> sexual sex city? Yeah, yeah. I guess the Vatican was supposed to be the no sex city, but then they had the banquet of the chestnuts. Yeah. Um, what if the, What if you had a city where you could fuck everywhere finally. else? Everywhere else is illegal, but in this it's, one it's, place. What you basically come up with is like the plot of the mu- musical Urine Town, but for sex. Basically, sure. Why not? Um, it's a combination of Urine Town and like that uh, movie Sleepers. Uh, no, Vitalia has invited you to come build the city of life. It's not for Vitali, and it's not Italia. Right. And it's not a city where you can fuck. I don't think many of the people there are going to be fucking that much. Join the first 200 residents for healthy co-living and co-working. We're starting a two-month pop-up city on the island of Roatan to make death optional. Fucking what? That's an incredible end to a sentence. Like up until that, this could have been the blurb for just like any WeWork, but like now, now we're cooking. What if there was a we? Yeah. What if there was a WeWork that was a sissy and you weren't allowed to die in it? Make death optional is fun though because it implies that like they're not making death the thing of the past. Like you can still die if you want, but there's an option to not, which is a fun hinterland to be in. So. We're gathering 200 residents and 500 visitors in and near the prosperous semi-autonomous jurisdiction. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I don't know if 700 people is really a pop-up city. I mean, I feel like it's like a pop-up hamlet. It's a conference. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, a pop-up village, pop-up perhaps. Up but- <laughs> I'm sorry. Now I'm just thinking of like a game for really nerdy, precocious children where it's like pop-up pirate, but instead of a pirate in the barrel that you stick the fake swords into, it's Hamlet. Those are fake. It's Hamlet, the, the, yeah. uh, the Danish um, prince. So, Vitalia.city is a movement to start a longevity-based network society. Uh-huh. Now, We've talked. Can we just have a normal society? No, I'm afraid we're having the we're having the one on the um on the Caribbean island of uh, of Roatan uh, that is in the other city that's kind of illegal. Um, that's that was declared unconstitutional by Honduras. Um, that's now the subject of a big lawsuit where basically uh, that Brian Johnson, the strange man with the face with the weird face, um, yeah, the Brian, one, Brian Jonestown, yeah, yeah, the one who looks like um. Uh, the, the one who's taken so many anti-aging treatments, he looks like a haunted doll. Uh, uh, yeah, he yeah, is yeah. a celebrity in this in this pop-up city conference. Awesome. Okay, that's uh, good. They, I mean, at least at least 150 years ago, when weird Americans went to Central America to create like their idealized vision of society, like they wound up getting fucking executed by the British for I don't know piracy. Like I'm thinking of William Walker and the you know the the, the Kingdom of the Golden Crescent or whatever the, the what they called them um, uh, filibusters, you know. When uh, a, a guy from Tennessee, for some reason, was in charge of Nicaragua. But this is just, I don't know, this is just WeWork. This is just like, I don't know, trying to like Hunger Games WeWork. And it, it I don't know, anybody who would be attracted to this. <sighs> I don't know. It's just, it's so parochial and boring, well, let, but also weird. Let me tell you. Uh, it's a, they have decided to accelerate the process in longevity biotech, uh, fostering drug development at warp speed, with four months to get to market instead of ten years of testing to make death optional. Oh, okay. So, well, so death is death is sort of um, it's optional, but it's a possibility. <laughs> it's a distinct possibility. <laughs> oh boy, take this pill. Will it kill you? you know, we I don't one know. time, I one time made the mistake of picking out of act of generosity, picking up a hitchhiker on the island of Hawaii, who it turned out uh, was a, a disgraced former chiropractor who said he could do stem cell treatments and blinded a bunch of people with his weird injections he invented. Oh. Um, and he was completely insane and said that uh, he was going to build a form a chiropractor is just such a funny like even in the world of chiropractors they were like nobody you're too weird and quacker yeah he he 
he basically he's like i, I want to share you my art and it was just this incoherent fucking pamphlet and he said he was going to build a city floating in the middle of the pacific that was powered by the nuclear effluent from the fukushima disaster and also he said the holocaust didn't happen and that guy had a more cogent business plan than this <laughs> well that guy that guy would be right at home here um, yeah, says, he might be there already. We so, don't know. Vitalia yeah, is know. not just an intellectual exploration, but a call to action. All residents are also builders and are encouraged to set ambitious goals. Yeah, they've built builders, Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> They're all there. Everything immortal. is cash in hand. <laughs> That's right. We're immortal. What? We we don't believe in gods. We're no masters. What we've done is we've built heaven on earth. <laughs> None of us will ever die. Everything's cash in hand. We're outside the reach of the tax man. Build whatever we fucking want. <laughs> Supported by pitch competitions, crowdfunding, and legal advice. Oh, they're gonna need that. Of Italia. I'm just, I'm just imagining, like, yeah, like a rogue colony of builders basically doing Fortnite nonstop on a Caribbean island, just like, <laughs> you know, it's just like illegal extension at a right angle to an illegal extension. It defies gravity. <laughs> An international coalition force has to be sent in to finally defeat the rogue builder colony. So, Vitalia's program is structured into four bi-weekly themes. Mm-hmm. First, longevity and human improvement. Right. At least that makes sense, right? They talk about bioscience, healthcare, economics, and so on. Sure. The next one, exploring the social aspect of cryptocurrency technology. <laughs> this is a life extension conference, and you're like, ah, crypto. <laughs> oh, we brother. gotta have Bitcoin involved for some How reason. How are people still doing this? This is like oh, going on oh, about Betamax oh, in 1998. Uh, I forgot to include this, uh, but the uh, an- other Rachel Reeves's other big uh, thing from Davos. Uh, was welcome. It was a big meeting with the COO of Coinbase, being like, "We encourage you to come to the UK." <laughs> awesome. Um, you're like, yeah, Great. perfect. Let's let's spark up. up that tree again. Now, AI and technological proce- progress. A deep dive into the potential of AI solving the problem of modern life in nearly all areas of industry that focus on the broader implications of this technology. This includes an 80 year history of AI, the final technology. The final technology. Yeah, we built God, and so that's the final thing. I see, okay. Yeah. Every other technology will be invented by the AI. We won't understand it, and we won't need to, because we're going to be the Eloy, basically. But also, like, what what was the AI from 80 years ago? Because there's, like, what, like a cuckoo clock? I think they were probably talking about, like, the Turing letter. Like, the initial, like idea that there could be this thing wait oh i'm yeah. sorry i i didn't realize it was serious i'm too fucking stupid and have never read a book so <laughs> I, I do apologize we, we built the final thing of all god himself and now he's bent to our will but it turned out we had to build one more thing because he wanted an extension <laughs> <laughs> so, well you know what when god yeah. tells you to build an extension even if it's illegal do the same thing as the gun crew when the drone spots the fucking dairy queen let it rip yeah. he wanted so, cornice in i told him it had gone out of fashion it was a pain in the ass but he was quite insistent so god insisted you pebble dash his paradise. <laughs> uh, so God wants to live in a fucking terraced house from Britain in the 60s. So uh, the benefits include healthy food available. Brian Johnson's breakfast is going to be on offer. Brian Johnson's breakfast. Um, that sounds like a Dandy Warhol's album. I'm sorry. Like what? <laughs> well, well, you've wait, made a right Brian Johnson's breakfast to wait, this. Why would the, da- the that's very funny? The Dandy Warhols would have made an album that was essentially the called the Brian Jonestown breakfast because they're like in a fucking yeah, feud they, they with them. They, they, hated like, them. they hate them. They hate each other. <laughs> yeah. So healthy habits, uh, including saunas and cold plunges with accountability partnerships. Well, so why? Someone will bother. If, hey, You've hey, not hey, been hey. doing your time in the sauna. You just went to the sauna. You didn't do the cold plunge. <laughs> mm. Come here, big boy. I'm, I'm telling. Self-experimentation. Can, can this just be an orgy, please? Like, is it all just cover for an orgy for like a weird sex That'd party? That'd be a lot with, Like, this is what a LinkedIn orgy yeah. that's it does, covert it, it feel, it feels like, looks like. It feels like this wants to be a sex thing, but it's because it's not. It's like the most uncool thing. Well, oh, I, oh, I hate the sauna accountability program. I hate it when my uncle sends a letter and says, oh, be sure to have two of the biggest men on the island drag him into the sauna and then hold him down in the plunge pool. <laughs> I suspect my speedos will come right off. It's sort of like the the, 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 the converse of Hussein's previous statement. Like, you have, in fact, created the city where no one fucks. Mm. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, this also includes self-experimentation and so- self-clinical trials. Including gene okay. therapy. 
so yeah you can we've, we've got this great chiropractor from hawaii <laughs> yeah. he's gonna help us out yeah we're, we're it's it's finally you're gonna be able to do like the race transformation therapy from die another day yeah oh there's one other thing i remember i googled that guy's name and um not only was he a disgraced chiropractor but he was the landlord of an apartment building that he never maintained and it collapsed into the ocean <laughs> i'm dead serious awesome that is that's pretty sorry cool. sorry to distract no. with my asides but that's who i envision as the look do, overseeing clinical trials he flew in from his floating city in the middle of the pacific powered by the nuclear effluent and he's helping build whatever this is yeah look this is why mm. one of the many reasons why i always love a, a, a nate drop-in because we learn something like the chiropractic hitchhiker and it makes my life better for hearing it <laughs> So, um, Montessori School. Thomas Pynchon novel ass. Montessori School is available. Okay. Uh, I'm just kind of an unassuming guy, and I just encounter these fucking people, and they start talking to me. Okay, I can't help it. It happens. Uh, 100% crypto economy available if you want. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, that doesn't really make sense. Uh, we will harbor renegade life scientists, artists, biotechnology engineers, and entrepreneurially driven community of people who cherish You life. know you're losing your eyesight to the chiropractor with That's that one. That's a renegade life scientist. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's like that's that's all i can think of when people bring this stuff up i don't know what it's supposed to conjure but to me it conjures up like the like i don't know the, the what is it the first element of umberto eco's theses on 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 earth fascism it's like the sort of cult of the eternal like forgotten knowledge all knowledge is finite like you know healing crystals mixed with the gospels kind of stuff like that's what this seems like to me and it's like it because i've encountered it in real life and it's can be these can be very dangerous people it's like i I just I, I'm like I don't want to be stuck on a fucking island that's hard to get to with these people like I've seen movies about this and they typically involve Rutger Hauer as like a professional killer well, the thing to remember <laughs> also about like Prospera the thing that's like putting this on is that it is a sort of piece of like it's a strange sort of piece of directly administered stateless empire overseen by a Habsburg and a bunch of like Latin American Ayn Rand acolytes. But see, that's the thing is that if it was a pension novel, you would at least have the fake British invasion band called Sick Dick and the Volkswagens with their hit single, I Want to Touch Your Feet. And it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. we don't get, nothing is funny about, like, it's unintentionally funny, but nothing is like, it's not quite that absurd. It's just, I don't know, like, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it, 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 it doesn't quite reach that threshold. It just sounds annoying, but also very unsettling. So mm. I, I want to finish up with, uh, with reading an article. And like I promised, we can choose our own adventure with this one. Um, Not you at home. Don't write it. Yeah, you, you don't get to choose your own you adventure. You get to watch the Twitch stream live gaming of the Choose Your Own Adventure book. Would you like to, would you like to hear about Andrew Tettenborn's article in The Spectator, the Tories have messed up the return to imperial measurements. <laughs> or <laughs> that's a good it's a good start. It's gonna, gonna take promising. some beating. Or would you like to hear Sam Ashworth Hayes write in the telegraph, let's let Amazon run the NHS to cut waiting lists? I think oh, I feel like Imperial Measurements is gonna yeah, be. Yeah, I feel funnier. like that's a funnier yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What sucks is that I know that for thematically for our show we should pick the second but yeah. we gotta hear we the gotta first hear we gotta the hear the first, first right we got o to. only these feckless only rishi sunak's feckless tories in name only uh could screw up the unfuck upable return to imperial measurements which should have been a triumph yeah tried to get a bit of mdf the other they didn't even know what that was <laughs> i brought i brought me son with the widest arm span along as well to get a good deal <laughs> I was like, it's like you're not even familiar with the works of the pharaohs. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to make a cubit of MDMA. <laughs> All right. <laughs> your dealer just giving you a pill that's your entire arm span. Maybe take half first and show you film, mate. It's pretty strong stuff. It's a very posh dealer as well. Yeah, yeah. No, let's talk about this. Cheers, writes Andrew Tettenborn. Mm. Cheers to you, Andrew. Yeah. You will soon once again be able to buy champagne and wine in pint bottles. Winston Churchill's favorite measure. Also, that wasn't Winston Churchill's favorite measure. Winston Churchill's favorite measure was enough to kill me yeah. minus a little. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, surely he would be drinking like a, a Nebuchadnezzar of champagne. Well, Winston like, Churchill's favorite measure. I, was, yeah, I don't recall. <laughs> he, his favorite measure wasn't a pint of champagne. It was 10 pints of champagne. Yeah. But so, also, wine bottles have always been the size that they are. Well, they used to have options to have smaller ones. 
You can buy why can't a you have those now? Why, why can't you just decide I'm weird and British yeah. and I want a 568 but, milliliter bottle of champagne? But a half bottle of wine is a little smaller than a pint. Yeah. The, uh, the, the only thing I would welcome. No one, is, no one has ever done this. The only thing I would welcome in terms of changing the measurements of how we do how we do drinks in the UK is related to my love for Australia. I love that there are so many options of beers you can get in Australia. A schooner oh, yeah. is the perfect uh, amount. A pot, a skewy. Yeah. A long cock, whatever. But that's yeah. not what's being um, proposed here. No. I'm from a country that uses imperial measurements and it's just, I don't understand what this weird, like, it, why, it just wine seems is not British. It, the, my, making well, wine in Britain is a relatively recent development. We've always imported wine, so it's always been an international measurement. So it will be possible for the first time since an overbearing common market essentially put an end to its practice in 1973. This is very good news, and I'm certainly looking forward to drinking my first pint of fizz, <laughs> the ideal unit for one person over dinner. Jesus Christ. A Drink it pint. out of a pint glass you stole from a pub, too. Just just, just do it. Yeah, just, no, just one of those on ones that. with a handle on it. It's got to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but but look further, and any satisfaction may well vanish in much the same way the bubbles in your celebratory glass might in the same way as your wife does <laughs> due to your drinking problem. If you as, as the same way the bubbles in your celebratory glass might if you put it down too long. How this whole affair of reintroducing imperial measurements has been handled is a horrible sign of a flailing Tory administration that has lost its way. But bringing back imperial measurements is a horrible sign of a flailing Tory administration that's lost its way. You fucking cretin. You can't complain that the stupid policy that they're doing for no reason hasn't been done properly. It can't be done. Also, like, you still use imperial measurements for stuff like miles per hour and distance. Like, it, it, it's it's such a hodgepodge here in the first yeah, place. Yeah, you like, buy a pint of beer at any pub. Like, it's so we. I don't know. I, like, I get it. I, I Intellectually, I get it that it's like grasping at this vision of lost imperial glory and whatnot. But it's so stupid and petty. And who cares? Like, are is it really going to make people's lives better? If it's like, oh, cool. Like, like you said, I buy MDF and it's one inch thick instead of what 25 mils like who fucking cares even though compulsory well, use of I metric might have measurements come a quote in that twink even though <laughs> compulsory use of metric measurements may have played a large if subliminal part in the brexit saga Good. This is not an end to it. It has merely become a small piece of gesture politics. I hate the gesture. Po- How come they had a brilliant opportunity to bring back pints of champagne and yet they did just gesture politics with it. Crazy. How did this become gesture politics? I was excited for the meaty, <laughs> life-changing proposition of bringing back wine sold by the pint. <laughs> that was going to have a real impact on people's lives. Outside the fairly rarefied area of still and sparkling wine, the corpus of mandatory metrication remains. The corpus of mandatory <laughs> metrication. <laughs> Fucking Mars Volta album. Right. <laughs> we still have the requirement to deal and count in metric units with everything else essentially for play only. That's right. You yeah. should have a soft play I'm area fine. economy, Andrew Tettenbaum. Fine. Like, who fucking cares? Yeah, no like- one requires you to do fuck. Like, you're a columnist. You know, you're a green grocer. You don't have to measure stuff out for people. If you want a pint of wine, you can pour yourself one in your house and then deal with the consequences later. <laughs> so, if your butcher weighs you out a pound of rump for old times' sake, he must make it clear that any imperial units are for information only and less conspicuously marked on price labels and the like. For those of us who fought to get rid of nonsense of this sort as one of the great dividends of Brexit, <laughs> this looks like a piece of serious shortchanging. I, I, I buy meat from a guy, like not like a, just a guy on the street. There's a butcher up the street from us, and it's like been there forever and ever. And if I ask for a pound, I just get a pound. And I, typically, if I ask for a pound, I also get a diatribe. I'm like, I, this country's going to the dogs kind of thing because fucking I'm American and we use imperial units. But like... It's not as a no one's no one's jumping in and fucking doing like a disclaimer. He's not allowed to say this. Like no one. <sighs> no, they, they have a woke blue-haired bureaucrat <laughs> who's who says uh, that who gives you the metric. Yeah, yeah. I, Ursula von der Leyen works in the butcher. Crumbs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Donald Tusk is running the butcher on Old Kent Road. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that's right. Um, so. 
All of this is a betrayal of what should be the Tory principles of freedom and nurturing existing institutions. The conservative case for leaving the EU is sound precisely because of the principle of the absolute supremacy of law, relegated parliament, blah, 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 blah. My brother in Christ. The need to steamroller anything seen as an obstacle to the creation of a single market out of the way required the state to intervene to forbid us from using the system of weights and measures that we had grown up with. Who do you mean we? But, but you, you, you fucking use stone for weight. Who the fuck uses that outside of this goddamn country? And I guess probably they in Ireland. They use the metric system in Australia. They use it in fucking Russia. They and use it in Canada. My impression was that so you can just sort of say what you want. Like you can go to most places. No, 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 no. A blue, a woke Ursula. Because like the market that I go to, which is run by like Turkish Turkish guys, um, they have they like they advertise all their sort of like meat and fish in kilograms. But when people go to the counter, there is like a good amount who'll be like, "Oh, can you give me a pound of this?" And they'll just be like, "Yes." That's what they'll say. They'll say fish away. They'll say they'll say yes. They make the they make all the meat halal, obviously, you know, to uh, to troll around. But like this, yeah, this sort of feels to me as it's like no, you can pretty much go anywhere and use whatever type of like measure you want i don't understand this feels like the complaint if it is a sincere one because it is coming from the spectator and this is just the section where it's just like yeah just like kind of complain about something that mm-hmm. probably i've invented a real. thing to be mad invent at a thing to be mad. The, the spectator is basically britain's complaints department for columnists give right. me a foot of cheese you figure it out <laughs> well also but also for like you know the sort of like old guy who is like the only sort of constituency of people who did probably like vote because they felt that they could bring back imperial measures, not because they're nostalgic about it, but because it would annoy people. Well, yeah, because that's the thing. This effectively, what they want is everything in this country to go back to all imperial, so they can just make it annoying for every other country that uses the metric system. It's like, do you think people are so fixated that they that they're dependent on British stuff that they'd be like, oh damn. Oof, the Brits win again. It's like, no one cares. May I read the next paragraph? Yes, please. It need not have been like this. The government could perfectly well have announced this Christmas that all metric compulsion in all matters of trade, including the trade of champagne, was to cease immediately. It could have been put forward that as a natural consequence of Brexit that the country should return to its pre-1973 situation. That isn't why we use metric! Every cunt uses it! The only countries that don't are America and Myanmar. <laughs> like, what? We're gonna we're gonna form an economic union. It's gonna be us, the US, and Myanmar. Yeah, I like those geezers over in Rangoon. They know what's fucking going on. I tell you what, you can get a foot of rice. You can get you can get a cubit of rice wine, and it's a good time. And, but I like a good junta myself. What I think is really funny, right, is one of the core elements of what you might call state form formation right that when when states formed as they currently are out of like the feudal patchworks of land holdings one of the main things that happened that's the difference between states and pre things that were like states but pre-states was the introduction of commonly understood weights and measures in a territory which means if you're in france you can in whether you're in like Brest or you're in like avignon a kilogram is a kilogram Like, that is one of the major parts of state formation. And what I think is so amusing is that with someone like like Andrew Tettenbaum, who's like one of these, like, you know, wacky economists, um, is sort of just without really understanding what they're doing in advocating for kind of like to throw the state formation process into reverse. Be like, what do we have a lingua franca for? Yeah, why why on earth is the woke EU forcing us to deny the existence of phlogiston? All right. Every object contains fire within it. And if you ask nicely enough, it'll come out. So what if the Buddhist monks in Myanmar are self-immolating in protest? Because you know how much petrol they used to do that? A fucking gallon. As God intended. (laughs) (laughs) So such a measure would have shown a government that knew where it was going, apparently to 1972. (laughs) Yeah, at best. And you know know what? what? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I got to say this. You know how I know it's bullshit? Because no one is fucking saying undecimalize the currency mm-hmm. they won't fucking go all out they won't actually do mm-hmm. the real thing Let's because they don't want to memorize the, they yeah. don't want to memorize that shit they don't want to have to learn what I, the fucking shillings and whatever yeah. like like it's like hexadecimal for your pocket money like no yeah. they won't do it it's all kayfabe mm-hmm. so well he says 
Uh, switching to fully imperial measurements wouldn't even have involved a, a logistical difficulty. After all, hmm. electronic scales are just as happy hmm. in metric and imperial. Hmm. So why did this not happen? We're told that in a public consultation, 99% of people said they were fine with metric units, but that consultation certainly doesn't appear to have been widely publicized. In any case, the result of any such exercise depends on the questions you ask. If it had quizzed respondents directly on the essential issue, whether people should be free to deal in, in imperial measurements, who knows what the outcome might have been. <laughs> but that's how what it is right now. You can go anywhere and you can basically use whatever type of measurement you want and it will broadly be fine. Like there will be certain times when maybe it's a bit tricky, but you can for the things that you want, you can go to a pub and be like, Can I have a pint of wine? And the guy will look at you in a really weird way, probably, but will still give you a pint of wine. Yeah. Right? I I want I want a fucking brace of baby bells. Getting- Bring them to me. You're getting angry at like Something that you have already, you can do this. You can, you Nothing can. Nothing is stopping you from going you, down to the pub and asking. For you can a live your life this way. Milk. You can go to a yeah, pub. For some right. reason, you can go to a pub and ask for a yard of wine or whatever the fuck. Like I don't understand what you're angry about. I'd, I'd like, I'd like one football field of <laughs> cider, please. Okay, oh, this is the last paragraph. We with people like this referring to like. Keir Starmer and Rishi Sunak in the background. Perhaps it's not surprising that on issues of principle, you like the right to deal in the measures you prefer should play second fiddle. Regrettably, what? What regrettably, regrettably, whichever power, whichever party is in power, the technocrats are in charge. I love that this guy's principle is just like being a lunatic. <laughs> like, no, we should make stuff complicated and difficult. We should get rid of a system like. The the argument for not bringing in metric measurements in the first place was like, oh, it'll be annoying for people to adjust to. But we're now in a world where everyone has adjusted because it was like 50 odd years ago. And so it would actually, uh, we'd go through the annoying adjustment period again in reverse in order to create a system that's less convenient. Perfect. Anyway, anyway, I think that's all the time we have for today. So I want to thank you for listening. Remind you that there is a Patreon for five dollars a month for a second episode every week. That's right. And uh, to you check can hear out, about the stick. Yeah, you can hear about the stick. Um, and to you know check out uh, Milo in Australia. You can go to his website for his various tour dates. Oh yeah, there's so many tour dates. Yeah. Also Brighton on the third of March. Really need to sell some more tickets yeah. for that. Yeah. And uh, other than that, I think we'll see you on the free one. We will no, see no, you on no. the free one. The bonus one. The bonus one. All yeah, right. The bonus. And also there's Britonology and Left on Red. Uh, yeah. So you get lots of bonus content on the Patreon for $5 a yes. month. So That's there's a link in the show right. notes for that we, if you want to sign up. We did Ali G this month. We did. All right. That's All right. right. All right. All right. Anyway, we'll see you in a few days, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.